Hey guys, welcome to the Cloth Diaper Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything cloth diaper, where we share stories from brands, retailers, and parents around the world. Hi, my name is Bailey. I'm the host of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. I am a mom of two who lives in a snowy Canadian land. I am a cloth diaper addict. I work for a cloth diaper brand now, and I have a blog and this podcast. I absolutely love sharing and connecting with other brands and parents, and this has been such a fun project. This past week, I connected with two moms from the Delmarva, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia area on the East Coast of the United States about diapers for Delmarva. This is a really great passion project that has come out of the Rebecca Foundation. Um, These ladies have been passionate about cloth diaper need, diaper need, and providing their community with the support they need. This is a really great story, um, and these women sound absolutely fantastic. It fills my heart with so much joy to bring them on and to have chat with them. The audio quality is probably a little touch and go just because I know Renee joined us over the phone and we just, it was, hey, we're moms and I'm just trying my best really. All right, that's enough of that. Let's just get to the chase and listen to these wonderful ladies tell their story. I actually started the TRF when I was still living in Dover in Delaware, um, oh God, Mackenzie was like four months old. So it was probably three years ago, but we just went out on our own effective July one. And we've been just kind of focusing on the local area. That's kind of like location wise, what we focus on. You um, had a fancy acronym for that location, didn't you? Uh, Somebody uh, called it Delmarvi. Yeah, so it's it's like the lingo. It's Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. It's like the basically tri-state area where the three of them, the three states connect, basically. It's anything basically that touches the Chesapeake Bay and any of its tributaries. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, but we honestly focus more, now that we're kind of local, it's honestly like within 45 minutes of Renee and I. Which um, is Baltimore? No. I, yeah, from my house, I can get to Baltimore in about 35 minutes. So I may have just pulled it up on a map. So yeah. <laughs> you were talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We go. Um, I've gone as far as like when, when the flooding got really bad in the spring and like early summer down in Ellicott City, which is like just north of the city. We ran down there a couple times. We've, we still go down as far as Dover. We actually have a couple moms groups that we do like diapering on the side with um, that Renee does still down in the Dover area in Delaware. And then um, we have a couple birth centers up here closer to Renee and I probably within 15 minutes of the house that we work with. We kind of run the gamut as far as long as it's like within reasonable driving distance that if I'm going that direction for BJ's, I'll run and do a whole slew of them at once kind of thing. Well, while we wait for Renee, why don't you introduce yourself? She probably knows. Sure. Mackenzie is three and a half. I am actually a special education teacher by trade, mama at heart. Um, I have always wanted kids, um, but I guess didn't realize how hard that really was until I had one. (laughs) Um, and how diapering kind of played into our story. Um, when Mackenzie was born, um, as a mom, 
Um, we fell on some hard times. I actually lost my teaching position. Um, I was on FMLA, but I was non-tenured, so they didn't legally have to keep my position. So I stayed home with Mackenzie for the first year. Um, and we fell on some pretty rough financial times, single income family kind of situation thing, trying to make ends meet. My husband was working a lot of overtime, wasn't seeing her. I was stressed. He was stressed. Um, we moved in with some family up here in Maryland. Mackenzie was about 14 months old and, um, I had gotten into the cloth diapering scene just because we needed to save the money, honestly. Um, there was a boutique baby store, um, in Dover that we got into. Um, I got to know the owner really well. She got us started. Um, we kind of went that direction. And then as Mackenzie got older between the moves, we did cloth diapering. We did not, we did disposables. We did not, we did trainers. We did whatever worked. (laughs) Um, so it kind of got us through and, um, I realized a lot of moms were in a very similar position, Um, and that's Renee jumped on board about a year and a half, a little over a year and a half ago. Um, when I was still with the foundation, we became besties before we became business partners. (laughs) And, um, it kind of like took off from there. Um, I do this on the side as sort of my side hustle slash side gig unpaid. Um, (laughs) It's like, it's probably not a hustle if you're not making money. Yeah, no, um, to, to special ed. So right now I have like... 14 windows open. One of them is Zoom. One of them is like my email for work. And then about 16 of them are um, like data sheets and all kinds of Oh, wow. Yeah. So you keep yourself busy then, hey? I do. But um, that's sort of my (laughs) multi-role in a nutshell. Um, And um, Renee does a lot of our kind of mom's groups. We just started like an infant loss group in October. She does, um, she's a birth doula, still birth doula, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She has so many classwork. And so you guys are pretty involved in your community, hey? We are. Um, and that was really the focus and kind of why we switched. <laughs> um, so you're, um, what's the name? Do you guys have a name for your diaper bank? We do. It's called Diapers for Delmarva um, is what we officially incorporated. We actually are still running under Renee's. So, um Nonprofit status is super expensive. Is it really? Yeah. So I did the math and it was like almost $3,500. Yeah. Like just to get the actual paperwork involved. So we actually run as a side business to Renee's birth doula services. We're listed on her website. So it's mamastaydoulade.com backslash diapers for Delmarva. And um, that's, we have our loan application up to a lot of the back end stuff. So I do a lot of the paperwork, the processing, diaper counts, inventory, and Renee is kind of the on the ground um, just because during the week I can't be available. <laughs> um, so I do everything at 10 o'clock at night. She does everything from eight to four. <laughs> and so. you guys do, you mentioned in your email that you do diaper, both disposable and cloth diaper, babe. We do. Um, we have... Um, a lot of cloth just because that's kind of how Renee and I both started. And that's sort of the foundation we had from TRF. But we do um, everything from like nursing pads and menstrual care products through disposable in both of those. So disposable diapers, cloth diapers, nursing pads, both disposable and reusable in inventory right now. And then menstrual care products, both disposable and reusable. Wow, that's um, a lot of different products. It is. Um, so it makes my inventory life very interesting. <laughs> That's one way to put it. 
Yeah. Um, but so I track all that kind of stuff. Um, in the time frame from roughly July 1st to September 1st, yeah. um, we moved roughly 500 products oh, okay. um, from inventory out to local community home, families and homes. So it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're kind of running that as your side gig, um, it is. And um, it was really cool to see. Um, I'm, a, like I said, a special educator on the real seeing numbers like that is kind of cool to me. So. Yeah. Well, 500 products, that's still, that's a fair amount of families. For, yeah. Yeah. For only um, two months, right? You're saying July, yeah, July so, August, September. Yeah. So um, two and a half months, basically by the time I ran the numbers and stuff, but yeah. Um, and roughly our loans, um, our pad loans are between 10 and 12 a set. And then our, our cloth diaper sets are between, um, we try and do like 18 changes if baby's over a year. Um, I try and go 21 to 24 on newborns just because we all know how that works out. And then disposables, we give roughly a pack at a time. Um, so you're talking probably a dozen or dozen and a half at a go. So Renee joining. I am Renee Yarrington. I am one of the presidents of Diapers for Delmarva. I am also a doula. I run a um, business in Delaware, Monterey Doula and Birth Services, and I am a mother to a soon-to-be three-year-old. Ah, um, how is Hadley almost three? I know. She'll be I am a three, three and a half year old. <laughs> yeah, right? So big, so big. That keeps me... That keeps me most busy yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. What got you guys both interested in addressing diaper need in your community? Like, what, where did this passion even come from to start doing this? For me personally, when I was um, getting started in the doula world, I was really interested in making sure to address just the needs of our community. And one of them is that we didn't really have any type of cloth diaper education or, um, and, and that was a need that needed to be filled. So I wanted to make sure that that education was filled for the birth community. And I happened to stumble upon Nicole and um, <laughs> kind of stalked her out. And Girl, um, hit me up on Facebook. Let's be real. I I totally, I totally stalked her on Facebook and um, (laughs) made sure that we were going to be friends. And it was, um, it was kind of all downhill or uphill. I'm not sure which way you want (laughs) to go with it from there. But um, we we connected and made sure that ending diaper need and making sure that education was a priority in our community because it's really important and we have we have a huge need in not just in Delaware but like in Delmarva in general yeah yeah well in the United States in general Uh, I mean yeah I mean the numbers are like insane um and I know that they did National Diaper Bank just did their conference in in October and the numbers are crazy and they're staggering and for me um it was it was a sort of a numbers game when I didn't have a kid, but then when Mackenzie was born, it was not a number anymore because I was a number. Um, and that's really what got me started in terms of ending diaper need. Um, because 
we were like I was that girl checking to make sure I had enough money in the bank account to not bounce a stupid check in the line at Walmart over diapers. When we went down to single income both times, literally it was like walking into the house and after work and asking my father-in-law for 20 more dollars to cover gas so that I could get gas or diapers, but not both. So for me, it was, it was because I was the number. Um, and we were that family that everybody like assumed did okay, because we were in our own house and we were in Delaware and whatever, but we struggled. Um, and it was like literally the make or break that $20 that I needed every couple weeks to put diapers on my baby. I, there, there had to be more people like me <laughs> because I couldn't have been the only one um, who kind of closet tried to hide it. And when Renee messaged me and was like, hey, I heard you have this cloth diaper thing. I was like, oh, my God, I am not alone. Uh, yeah. I think that's what Renee and I kind of bond most over with our families, um, that it's not just diaper need. It, everybody has a need. And if that's it, we'll help you. But if it's you need a therapist, we'll find you one. If we can help you in the doula world, she's got you. If you need like preschool recommendations, I got to list out my ears. Like it is not about for us. It's, it's about our families. And building a strong community. Hey. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's, it's that everybody has a need and if that's it, we'll help you. Um, but it can be a host of other things and we're going to do our best to do as much as we can for each family. For people who are recognizing that there is needs in their community, and now that we don't have the Rebecca Foundation, what would you say is ways that people can work in their communities to once you've addressed on a, like a local level, or the encouragement that you would give somebody to do it themselves, or where would you go to look to help put together resources like you guys have? You know, it was. It was hard for for us. We yeah. um, we started obviously with the Rebecca Foundation and realized it was bigger than what we wanted personally. Um, mm-hmm. We wanted a really scalable local community based organization. We wanted you to reach out and touch our families and know the babies that our diapers were going on. Um, you know, we, we, we wanted to know our families and we, um, have really developed a really strong community. We have a wonderful group of moms and families. Um, and we can honestly say like, we know all of our families, which is amazing. And I think it makes us stronger because we know we can reach out. If someone says, Hey, I need this. We can say, Oh, well, so-and-so does this. Yeah. And it, it has made our community stronger in that way. Um, so I think that really it comes down to being like almost the grassroots level. Like yeah. we have to get back to, um, you know, it really does take a village and you have to start small and it might be five people, but that five people brings five more people. And eventually your village is going to grow so huge and so strong and you're going to have so many resources. Um it's it's little ideas and little seeds that you plant that grow and um it might only be that you do a diaper drive and you get a hundred diapers but that's a hundred diapers that you're able to donate to a food bank and that's a hundred diapers that are helping someone 
So even the small things are the big things. I love that. Yeah, right? Like sometimes I think we get caught up in really big dreams, but we can yeah, just really start really small. Yeah. And absolutely. I think, I think we put the cart above or ahead of the horse and like it really is about being scalable. Like yeah. just doing what you can instead of overwhelming yourself with things that you just, you can't do. And I think to speak to resources, kind of like what Renee alluded to is like, we've either created a lot of those, I feel like, um, or we've networked with other families who have that in their family. So like our Facebook group, if somebody says, does anybody have preschool recommendations? We specifically start tagging specific families who live in that area, or we might, you know, like we, we do have a dual list. And I know Renee like has a list of, we have the birth center and we have Renee on that list and we have other resources, but they're all local. They're not, you're going to get some call center or some, you know, voice mess, voicemail. It's our families that we know and we trust and we've created those lists because we didn't feel like either people knew about them or if the resources were there, we found them by stumbling across them or somebody said something to us at some conference, who knows at mommy con, I don't even remember. (laughs) Um, But that's how we kind of started all of our lists and all of our resources and our networking is Google search and then go. And and a lot of our, our community resources, I can honestly say like, we know the owners. Some of the owners are in our Facebook group. Yep. We, if if someone asks for a referral for, you know, a massage, I can tell you ten <laughs> different massage therapists, and I have probably been to all of them, or I know the owners. And you know, it's a very personalized level yeah. because I think that if you're working in your community, you need to know your community. Yeah. Um. You know, we do new parent support groups at um one of the holistic, um, Heather's Holistic in Dover. And it brings parents in that, you know, they have questions, they have needs, and otherwise they wouldn't be coming out and getting support because there's not a lot of support groups. But it also brings them to another community resource yeah. um, where they can get other help. So it's it really is more than just diapers. Yeah. Um, there's, there's more than just a diaper need. There's there's a community need for connection. I imagine that a lot of my listeners, regardless of where they are, because they're probably not in the Delmarva area, <laughs> probably really resonate with that. I know I do, and I've been working really hard over the last year to do the same in my community. So how do you guys break down the the taboo and the conversation around diaper need and even finding out that you have family members in your community who are struggling? Do you guys have any techniques or tips so you just to be that resource to even let no like let people open up to you? Uh, I think we've been blessed in that a, a few of our community like chat groups or Facebook groups do allow specific days of the week or whatever it is for us to post. So um, we do um, tap into that quite frequently and we'll post every Monday certain groups that were available. Um, we do share, you know, all of our stuff on social media um, as much as we can. Um, but in terms of like breaking down the taboo, I think it's putting a face on it for a lot of our families. Um, and it's saying like, 
Renee has, in a pinch, used a T-shirt as a diaper. Ask her about that time. And, <laughs> and um, like, that I was that one in three family who literally bounced a check over stupid things like food and diapers sitting in the Walmart line. I've done it before. I've been in tears over it before. Um, it's a face on it because I think that's um, just relating back to the community stuff. I think that's what we've lost a lot of. People aren't. We also are really fortunate that we have such an awesome group of families that they tag us when people are like, hey, I need help with diapers. I need this. I need that. They tag Nicole and I. They tag Diapers for Delmarva. We get a lot of private messages to the page and to our personal pages, which we absolutely love. We, We do classes you know, in the community at the birth center and um, private one-on-one classes. So um, the, the taboo is, I, I think we've done a great job of just kind of knocking down those walls. There really isn't that taboo so much anymore in, in our area, but our, our families do an awesome job of knocking down that taboo for us before we even have to start the conversation, which is amazing also. That is really amazing and so so yeah. helpful that they're willing to have that conversation. What do you guys find is your biggest challenge running diapers for Delmarva? Juggling our full juggling our full time jobs on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, we we would love to get to a place where diapers for Delmarva is like so scalable, but enough to be our full time life. But realistically, we're just not at that place yet. It's it's hard to juggle because it, it realistically could be a full-time job. It's just not quite there yet. Um, so that's probably the hardest thing, I think. See, yeah, balancing a job, balancing diapers for Devara. How are you taking care of yourself? You know what? So a couple weekends ago, I took um, prenatal yoga teacher training. And yoga is has become a big part of my life. So that is really... Um, my biggest self-care but you know and I tell a lot of moms this I tell a lot of people this like you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others regardless of what you're doing whether it's work taking care of babies doing volunteer work anything like that Um, so I think it's just matter of finding anything whatever it is that like gives you some self-care and putting you know a little bit of energy once a day once a week into it and just recharging yourself. And lately I've really been hearing in the mom mom space, the conversation about the power of routine in finding that self-care is it's not just like a once in a while thing. And that's why yoga is such a great self-care thing is it becomes part of absolutely in your life. And that even just that whatever small amount of time, that routine of yoga can make all I that think 20 minutes. Like, I find I have the best ideas. Like, even if it's just 20 minutes a day, and then I'm like, oh, my God, there's the answer. Everything clicks, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, you really do need that time for yourself, especially when you have a three-nager. So they're not until recently. It is the three-nage life is real. <laughs> <laughs> I My my three-year-old is pretty pretty good, but I'm very anxious for my up-and-coming 20 month old I can see her becoming a solid three teenager if somebody wants though if somebody's listening who's local to your area what's the best way that they can help diapers for Delmarva you know what honestly so we are at the point right now where we are trying to get 
funding mostly in order to apply for our federal nonprofit status and get funds together in order to have a office location that is not in either of our homes. So we have two office locations. One is in my home, one's in Nicole's house. Our husbands love us dearly for taking over two offices in both of our homes. And um, so a lot of it is helping us with fundraising, um, finding corporate sponsors, and things like that. So, and those are all things people um, that, could scale in their own communities, too, if they had a diaper organization. Yes, absolutely. So anybody who finds it in their heart, especially in the upcoming holiday season, if they're doing any type of charity donations, we would be very, very thankful for any type of donations that could help us move forward with nonprofit status and you know, getting those things so that we can continue and, and further the good that we'd like to continue doing in our community. At the beginning um, of the conversation, when I was talking to just Nicole, she mentioned that nonprofit status is about $3,500. So what's the benefit of going nonprofit? Why do you want to go to that nonprofit? Um, does it give you anything else? Is it? So nonprofit status gives us a couple things. One, we would have the the pleasure of being able to give donation receipts so okay, that people yeah. can write that off on their taxes. Um, additionally, we comply for federal grants, which allow us to um, purchase supplies that we need and storage spaces and even possibly get a office location, which could be written off um, through grants. So th- there are a lot of benefits to having nonprofit staff, um, which we would... It's an end goal, um, and we hope to have that in the, you know, in the next year or so. Um, Currently, we're just functioning as a a for-profit, but not making any profit. Well, I was curious. I had no idea what that would would benefit from. Yeah, there's all kinds of business mumbo-jumbo, but yeah. Yeah. I think the other, I'm sorry, I had to deal with a crying three-year-old. So I think the other thing is when we had looked at TRF, um, National Diaper Bank Network is another thing that is, we didn't realize you can only tap into if you're nonprofit. Okay. So, Correct. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we do not have the opportunity to participate in because right. we have not been able to apply for federal nonprofit status at this point. Right. right. Gotcha. So that would be just like the big next step for you is to be able to. Yeah. So, and it's at this point we're functioning entirely out of our own pocket. So Nicole and I's full-time job is what keeps the diaper bank running, which Mm -hmm. is why we can't switch over to just working from the diaper bank because we have to have full-time jobs to keep the diaper bank up and running. So it's one of those crazy uh, borderline things where we really do need fundraisers and corporate sponsors and donations in order to get that nonprofit status so we can apply for grants and get the diaper bank where it really needs to be and where we really would like to see it be. So is there anybody who is helping you guys with this or are you just stumbling through it? Um, we, we are still, um, you know, we started this over this past summer. So we're still working through a lot of baby steps. Um, Jake Stipers has been absolutely wonderful for us and with us and they are um, we're currently one of their diaper drops so they are helping us with maintaining diapers and making sure that we have enough supplies to keep 
doing what we're doing, but they they don't really work with funding and whatnot like that. So we're mm-hmm. still working on trying to get funding in order to apply for that status. And it's just an ever-going process. Yeah. Is there anything else that you guys want to share about your passion for Diaper for Delmarva and, or how people can help their communities? I think we've covered a lot of great points, but I love hearing you guys just saying start small and be okay with it. I always end my show with um, whatever piece of advice you guys would give to moms listening. What would be your one big piece of advice you wish that everybody knew today? My one piece of advice that I give every single mom, um, regardless of where you are at in your mom journey, is never quit on a bad day. No matter what it is, don't quit on a bad day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think mine is, um, it's okay to not have it all like you see on other yep. stuff. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Like Facebook is only a snapshot. Instagram is a snapshot. Um, yep. And it's usually the good snapshot yeah, that you're seeing on Facebook. Yeah, it's it's okay to like be the one in yoga pants in the drop off line. It is okay to be the one who doesn't wear makeup because you never learned how. It's okay yep. to be the one with a baby in a carrier. It's okay to be the one without a baby in a carrier. Um, you yep. have to be the mom you are capable of being, and comparisons yep. are horrific. <laughs> Um, you you have to do what's best for your family at the end of the day and screw everyone else. Like, you're the one that has to go home with the kids at the end of the day and yeah. your husband at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That, no, those I'm are totally with you, events. 100%. <laughs> Thank you so much to Nicole and Renee from Diapers from Delmarva for joining me on today's show. I loved, I love the whole entire conversation. I love knowing what they're doing for diaper need in their community, how they got started. I love their advice and really I, people, people need money because, because it's like, it's not cheap to do these operations and it would be amazing for Diapers for Delmarva to be able to fundraise and raise the money they need to be able to apply for nonprofit status. <laughs> Walter thinks it would be great too, and it would just propel them forward to where they need to be. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You can find the Cloth Diaper Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. <laughs> YouTube, and anywhere else that you find your podcasts. I am on Facebook at Cloth Diaper Podcast, Instagram, Pinterest, and I think you can sign up for an email subscription, which I might not be the best at sending out emails. If you would like to be on the Cloth Diaper Podcast, please just send me an email at bailey at clothdiaperpodcast.com, and we will make it happen. I think I'm scheduling for January now, so if you, seriously, anybody, if you... I'm interested in any and all stories. Thank you for joining me and until next time.